welcome to The Journey Expressed. I'm Jen Houston. And I'm Mel Boyd. You're invited to come along with us on an adventure discovering the more of God. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Journey Expressed. I'm Jen Houston and I'm here today with Mel Boyd. Hey everyone, thank you for being with us today. If you've been journeying with us here on the Journey Express podcast, you will know that Jen and I each had similar dreams in 2015, which we love to call the bridal dreams. You can listen to those dreams in our pilot episode. Today, we have a special guest, Missy Evans, who is both a friend and mentor to both Jen and I. Mm. We invited Missy on the show today because in, back in 2018, she taught on the Song of Solomon at a women's retreat that we both hosted together. And she has got some significant insights to share with us today that will encourage, challenge, and bring strategy for us as believers. Yeah, Mel and I have been impacted for years by Missy's wisdom and her journey walking with the Lord. Missy is joining us via phone today because she now lives in Alabama, which is bittersweet for all of us, but she's with her family and right where she's supposed to be. Missy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, y'all. This is so special. Thank you for having me. Um, it's just really an honor. I've been very excited about this. Um, it's just an honor to be asked to be part of this special dream come true for you two. Pardon the pun, but uh, it really is just knowing that this has been on your heart for a very long time and y'all stepping out in faith and getting this launched and then just to ask me to be able to share the things that I've learned over many, many years myself. So it's precious. Yeah, Yay. thanks, Missy. We are so excited about having you. Um, so, Missy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what's going on in this season of life for you? Absolutely. Um, as you already mentioned, in June of 2019, me and my family left our home in Charlotte after we'd been there for 28 years. And we relocated, and this is the town that my husband David grew up in. So in a lot of ways, it was like coming home for us. Mm. He has generations of family that is from this area, so it was special to come back here. Um, presently, I'm serving as, at, serving this particular community as the president and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce. It's really creative and exciting work. Um, it's a great merger of my gifts of administration and leadership, and then um, all the years that the Lord has sown this type of strength into me mm -hmm. through the work that I've done through churches and volunteer organizations. So it has truly been a gift for me in this season of my life. Um, as my children are getting older and uh, just as a woman who has always, as you ladies know, been, um, motivated by wanting to make a deep and lasting impact and right. so the Lord has just given me this beautiful gift to be able to do that here in a community that we love um, so much for mm -hmm. so many years too on a personal note um, our fourth of five children is graduating from high school this year and we will soon have three children in college Wow that's the other reason why I'm working <laughs> <laughs> real life <laughs> Um, our oldest is married and living in Fort Worth, Texas, which is such a blessing. And our youngest is 13, and he's in the seventh grade. And uh, they've just started spring football season and just finished track. And it's just, it's been a great 
great adjustment here in Alabama. Oh <laughs> my it. gosh, you guys are truly living your best lives. And honestly, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I feel like this could be a whole podcast in itself of discovering the dream within and how you have stepped yes. into something that is really intricately made for you and mm. to see David come alive. But we're going to save that for another podcast. <laughs> hey, you're so right. But at the same time, it, this it, it does very much dovetail into what mm. we're talking about today. It's just, yeah. and we'll get into that, but just so much of the, of the, um, the journey of a bride and her discovering who she is and her identity and then beginning to partner with the Lord and releasing the unique gifts that are in her to bring his kingdom. It's really beautiful. It really is. Well, let's just let's just get into it. Can you tell us and just start us out with when the Song of Solomon first gripped your attention? I love telling this story because um, it just was very unexpected. Um, to me, at the time, Song of Solomon was just... I mean, it was a another book in the Bible, just kind of like Proverbs or Psalm or <laughs> Psalms or whatever, where you were just like, well, you know, it's another one of those books that I had no understanding of. It just was went right over my head. <laughs> but um, it was t- 2001, and I was pregnant with our third child, Sadie. And I like to interject when I tell this story that Sadie, that is a nickname for Sarah, um, which the Hebrew definition of Sarah based on the story of Abraham and, and Sarah or Sarah, what it means princess. Mm. And um, to me that her birth was intricately interwoven into my introduction into Song of Solomon because in a way she was a, and she, I'm, I'm not saying this without her being aware, <laughs> uh, she was in a lot of ways an unwanted pregnancy. I, and I don't mm. understand those emotions and those feelings that I had in that season, but um she was baby number three. She came and I wasn't prepared to be pregnant again. Um, I had a strong identity of, of being a woman who was very much in control of her life. And I would choose the days and the times of my future and my destinies. And mm-hmm. I was, um, I felt a lot of shame over the fact that she mm-hmm. came and I wasn't prepared and, um, and I, even the Christmas picture that we took that year, I was hiding behind my family so that people wouldn't know that I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Do you, I can't understand that to this day, um, as now as a mother of five, but, <laughs> um, but a dear mentor and a friend stopped me at church one day and she handed me a Ziploc bag of 10 cassette tapes. They were copies <laughs> of the Song of Solomon teaching that Mike Bickle had done at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. Probably, he had probably done those in 2007, is I think the year. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. It would have to be before that. It was 1997. Excuse me. 1997. Um, and so she was like, I just, I just thought you'd like these. And she gave them to me and I thought, okay, I've never heard teaching on Song of Solomon, but I trust this friend and I decided to give a listen to them. Um, so as I often did in those years, I piled all my laundry onto the couch and got ready to sort and fold laundry and got out my boom box, popped that cassette <laughs> tape in there yes. and started it. And then about 10 minutes into it, I was so undone and emotional that I just had to turn it off. Yeah. Um, I had never, never heard about a God that loved me and was pursuing me 
like this story foretold. Mm -hmm. And I just did not at that point have the emotional capacity to hear this story about how much the father, about how much Jesus, his son and the Holy spirit loved me and, and how much he thought about me. And it was more than just this one emotion of love, this kind of Christian idea that we have of love. It, it was this ravishing, passionate on fire devotion and desire for me that I, I could not process mm. in my present um, present state of mind. Mm. So from that time forward, I would just I would <laughs> force myself to listen <laughs> in little bits and pieces um, until I could begin to just process the storyline and find my place in it. Um, mm. And it was really the beginning. I look back on that and recognize that as the beginning of several years of the Lord healing my heart mm. from wounds of perfectionism and um the lies of of how our performance um somehow earns us any kind of favor and love from from god and Mm -hmm. and then really even just the shame of failure Mm -hmm. um and so that's that was a real turning point for me wow well i remember uh when sadie was born being in your home because you were a mentor to me during this season and still are, but really when we got to know each other pretty pretty intimately then, you were a, a huge impact in my life. But I remember Sadie just being a newborn and you were like, oh, she's so quiet. I forgot she was in the other room. And it just being such a perfect newborn baby, like a gift. <laughs> That's amazing. Really, I love that. I love that. And yeah. honestly... Um, what was cool about that season too is I remember interwoven into all of this at, at the church we were all attending at the time, St. Giles. We had a women's retreat and I took Sadie with me because there was so much going on with me spiritually and, and she was a nursing infant so I couldn't really leave her at home but I thought how perfect that she was there at this retreat when mm. so many of these things were stirring and changing in me. Mm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. I love that. And, you know, Missy, I, um, we're in a prayer group together. We've known each other for, what, 15, 16 years now. And yes. I just, just seeing the growth in you over the years, and it's just been uh-huh. just amazing, mm-hmm. amazing and inspiring uh-huh. um, to see that. You know what's so cool about that, too, is that even in Song of Solomon, it's the the story of the daughters of Jerusalem. Your life impacts so many others, and and the story of the maturity of this bride in the Song of Solomon, that there there's a an audience of the daughters of Jerusalem that mm. watching yes. and being drawn into this story and wanting to have the, the same script and the same storyline in their life as well. And they're so intrigued by this growth. So I love that you said that Mel, and I just am so thankful that, you know, that maybe in some ways that I've drawn y'all into this beautiful story. hundred percent. Yes, you have, (laughs) you have. (laughs) So can you give us a quick storyline of the book of Song of Solomon? Well, I'm well, gonna try. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, Remember, quick, maybe that not be the right two, way. There were ten cassette tapes in that bag. <laughs> That's true. And back, and I think each at the time, each one of them were each side of a 
cassette tape was like 45 minutes long or an hour <laughs> long or something. So, yes, but I will try to give you a very quick storyline. And um, basically, the Song of Solomon, it's an eight-chapter love song, love story, love song. Um, and one of my verses is First John four sixteen, which says, So we have come to know, believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever's in love abides in God and God abides in him. And I, I just love how that to me sums up the story of the song of Solomon. Um, it's poetic in nature. So um, it's really not intended for you to follow the storyline of a book like maybe Ruth, where these are real people, real characters. Um, it's very allegorical. And meaning that we find ourselves in the different characters of the story all the time and some of the time. Mm. So the goal is for you to identify with the bride or as she is called at the beginning of the story, the maiden or the Shulamite. And the Shulamite, Shulamites are, is not even an actual real people group. Shulamites are not real people groups, but, um, there, there are regions that they think maybe in the ancient days um, there was some some groups that maybe kind of merged and and, and um, Solomon who wrote this book just came up with that name. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, That's new to me. <laughs> so it's really the process of a young believer or the Shulamite or the bride or whatever you want to call her of growing to know the love of God and eventually to believe it in a way that impacts her life. Um, it's, it's about the process of spiritual maturity that naturally comes when we study the depths of the emotions of God. Mm. Um, you know, I just love, love the thought that God is the fountain of emotion. He is the fountainhead, I'll use that word. He's the one that all emotions flow out of. He came up with them. He created them. So obviously, he has all the same emotions that we do and more, <laughs> but I think naturally just for most of us that have grown up in the church, we don't think about God in those terms and how he is fully God mm. and fully man in the sense of he identifies so well with our emotions mm. and that his emotions are not just directed outside of us, that they're directed toward us. And I know for me that was really transformational. But when this young maiden or bride, I use that term interchangeably, how, when she discovers how the, the bridegroom and, and we'll use the bridegroom interchangeably with God mm. sees her, it produces in her a devotion and really just courageous, bold action um, that could not have been done any other way. Mm. And so... Um, to start out with, in the very beginning, she she moves from the victim to the victor. You know, that's yeah. a, a real common sign that we love. But she moves from this victim of church abuse, I'll call it, where of telling her what her gifts are and trying to, you know, fit her into the box of what, what activities they need checked off their lists. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she's made darkness and and is wounded and bruised and and feels shame over this and she's trying to earn her acceptance in chapter one Hmm. um 
But then she moves into beginning to know and to believe in is because of who the, the, the bridegroom has said she is, and then to begin to walk in that identity. Um, you know, and, and what comes to that is this confidence uh, we have heard in the book of First John also that uh, that perfect love drives out fear, mm-hmm. and uh, hers are driven out, and she begins to walk in in confidence in um, words of protection, and she begins to walk in boldness because she's as the term is used in Song of Solomon, she's lovesick, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that is definitely a goal of my heart is to be lovesick. Mm-hmm. Um, and lovesick, it produces in her reckless abandonment. It produces this radical obedience to mm-hmm. Jesus and a relentless trust mm-hmm. that he is one that can and should be followed. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I love about this story is that it, it didn't start with her. It started because he is the one that started it. He's the one that initiated it. He's the one that loved her first. First John four nineteen, it says that we love because he first loved us. And he's the one that initiated it. He's the one that brought all those changes and, and brought her along into this full maturity. Um, I did just want to point out that Jesus makes four invitations in this song. The first one is to arise and come out of those places of fear Mm -hmm. and begin to see yourself as he does. And that's Mm -hmm. in chapter two. The second one is to come with me, my spouse. That's from chapter four, verse eight. And he's calling her into being a partner with him. He has no problem seeing her as his bride. Mm -hmm. And, but it's her needing to begin to change her own self identity and to see herself as that bride and begin to come up and walk alongside of him in that role. The third one, the third invitation he makes is to quote, open for me. And that's in chapter five, verse two, where Jesus, Jesus is asking her in that invitation to give him full access to her heart, Mm. knowing that there's fear connected to that. Um, you know, and it's kind of a ridiculous um, paradigm that we would, we would be afraid when he knows everything anyway, but we Mm -hmm. are, we're afraid to open our hands and really let him see fully into us. Mm -hmm. And then number four, that invitation to set me as a seal, which is chapter eight, verse six. Mm -hmm. And that is that place where we see ourselves as married to him in that bridal covenant. Mm. So it's really cool. And every one of those invitations, they build upon one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to say we're in all those places all the time. Yet we know that he is deepening these invitations in and out of different seasons of our life. He wants to grow us in those. So. I think that is significant, Missy. I just want you to say that one more time because I think that breathe that makes me breathe deeper and makes me break off performance and I should be at this level of intimacy Uh can you just say that Mm -hmm. one Uh more time yes and I'll say it again but you know this story I'll, I'll repeat that again but this story it's linear but at then at the same time, it's circular, wow. you know, that we never come to the end of it, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. But 
to say that again, that we are in all those places all the time, yet in and out of different seasons, he will reinitiate those invitations and begin to deepen our trust and our confidence in him in those places. So, you know, at the end of the day, he's looking for mature bridal partnership. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't know that any of us will reach that until we are face to face with him, Mm -hmm. but we are all, um, eager to find our place in this story. Um, I just wanted to define for y'all what, what Song of Solomon defines as mature bridal partnership. Um, and there are really three elements to that. One is obedience. Um, I believe it's in John chapter 14 that, you know, this is how we express our love for him, that we obey him. Mm -hmm. And that means in every area of our life with the big and the small that we obey him. So we walk in this, um, what did I call it? Radical obedience, just Mm. radical obedience that we have clean hands and a pure heart. Mm -hmm. Um, secondly, the mature bridal partnership looks like a desire for more spiritual authority and spiritual power. Um, so good. You know, that is so important. Yes. <laughs> but uh, it, it isn't just that we read about those stories and acts and, oh, isn't that nice? Wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But that we truly desire that for ourselves. And if I remember right, I think it's in, you know, at the end of 1 Corinthians 13 that Paul says that I desire that all the more that you would, you know, have these gifts, that you would desire these gifts. Yes. and. So that is part of a a mature bridal partnership. And then the third one is boldness in public ministry. Um, And we're bold because of his power, not because of ours, but because of his. Mm -hmm. So when we're mature and when we truly know and believe, um, as 1 John says, then the fruit of that is boldness. And Missy, this has been amazing. I've, I've written some notes here. Just again, I've been struck just again, his heart for us, that he's an initiator. Mm. And, you know, I think I, I, I can't remember which episode, but we alluded to Revelation 2, that we've lost our first love as the bride. And this is just a love story. It's such a wooing, mm. you know, of, uh-huh. of the Lord for his bride, for us. Can I just add one more quick thing before we go? Absolutely. I, just, I, I, I turned the page here and saw another note, and I just thought this is really what I wanted to say about the story of Song of Solomon, which is Song of Solomon 7.10, which is really the the apex verse in this journey of her beginning to believe at the level that the Lord really wants us to. This is the sign of her, her spiritual maturity. She says, I am my beloved's and his desire is toward me. Mm. Um, and again, if you notice in this verse, it's all about him. Yeah. I belong to him and his desire is toward me. There's nothing about this that is her. <laughs> and I love that, that she recognizes that. Yeah. Um, he's the one that initiates, he's the one that matures and he's the one that draws and completes it. So it's all for him. It's all for him. Wow. And we get invited. I know. We get invited into this. This is That's amazing. Right. I can't wait for more. <laughs> Thank you. Me too, y'all. <laughs> Thank you, Missy, for coming on and sharing this. So come back and join us for part two with Missy. And thank you for joining us on The Journey Expressed.